Thank y'all for being here tonight. I love y'all so much, um, and I'm so glad to see you. Um, so a, a few years ago, I was serving as an associate pastor at a rather large church in a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee. It was called Mount Juliet, Tennessee. We had this really incredible mission partnership with a, a church and a mission organization in Guatemala. And we would go there and, and do stuff in the, um, in the villages, in the communities there. And then a few of their community leaders would come here and teach us things and learn from us um, when they came. And I had not been on staff at this church for very long. And um, this, one of the leaders came in. The pastor was like hosting him for the day, the lead pastor of the church. And he like had to go make a phone call or do something. So I was supposed to sort of like you know, keep this guy busy for 10 or 15 minutes just for him to make a quick phone call. And so I'm talking to this guy who's a community leader in Guatemala. He's doing amazing things. And I'm just like, it, looking back, I wish I would have been wise enough to like ask him real questions like, how do you lead well? What's, you know, anything valuable. But instead, I just like made small talk with him. Have you ever been in those moments where you're just trying to like not have awkward silence? Um, so I'm just like, you know, sort of talking to him. And so I was like, so what's your favorite thing about Guatemala? And he was like, well, it's funny that you ask because right now it's mango season in Guatemala. And my very favorite thing is to pull a, a juicy, ripe mango off the tree to cut it and share it with my kids. I love fresh, juicy mangoes. And I should have been like, oh, tell me more about this. But instead I was like, I have to tell you what I just discovered. I just went to Trader Joe's yesterday and they have dehydrated mangoes in these Ziploc bags. And it is the best treat I've ever had in the whole world. Well, first of all, the guy doesn't know what Trader Joe's is. So after he like stares at me for a minute, like, what are you talking about? I was like, Trader Joe's is a grocery store. It's like a soup, it's like a food market. You like go in and you can get, there's this treat called dehydrated mangoes. And he was like looking at me and he's like, what, what is a dehydrated mango? And I was like, well, they, they take mangoes, they cut them up, and they like put them in this machine that gets all the water out of them, and then they put them in a Ziploc bag, and you can eat them. It's like a fruit jerky. And he's like, I do not understand. Why would you take the juice out of the mango and put it in a plastic bag? And I was like, that moment has like stayed with me for such a long time because I, I, I thought, like, why do we do that? Why do we take this amazing, juicy mango, we stick it in a dehydrator, and we sell it in a plastic Ziploc bag to people in a stale grocery store, and then people like me look at folks who, who enjoy the like, most amazing mangoes in the whole world off of a, off of a tree, and we're, I'm like, I've got an even better idea. You can take all the juice, all the goodness out of it and sell it in a plastic bag to people, and they'll love it. Like, I, why do we do that, right? Why do we do that? But I, I have to think, I have to think, guys, that so many of us are living our lives with that exact same thing. This isn't just about us ignoring the juicy mangoes in our own lives, cutting it up with the mango juice just dripping off our elbows as we share it with people that we love. How many things do we take like that? We wring the very best part of it out, dry it all up, we stick it in a bag, and we sell it to ourselves or to other people, convincing them it's the best thing that we could ever 
come up with. This message is not about dehydrated mangoes in Ziploc bags, but it is about people who've taken some of the very best things of God, we've wrung out the very best things that God has to offer, and instead of being a church with God's love dripping off our elbows and sharing it with people who are desperate for it, we've dried it up, we've made it safe, we've stuck it in a Ziploc bag, and we have sold it to people. I've done that with the gifts God has given me in my own life. I bet if I pushed some of you in this room, you would admit you've done that with some of the gifts God has given you in your life. If, if I really pushed our church, I think if we had to be really, really honest, we would say that we want a gospel that's been dehydrated and put in a Ziploc bag and given to us to snack on and, and something that's easy to access, right? And I think those of us in this room tonight know that the gospel is more complicated than that. The good news of Jesus Christ. So many times the church has wrung out the very best parts and we've sold it to people. And this message series is about offering the refreshing goodness of God's love, that dripping off your elbows goodness of God's love to a world that is desperate for it. If you feel like your life is dehydrated and wrung out of the best parts, it might be because we need a new and refreshing encounter with the gospel of Jesus. It might be because if, if we really look at our lives, it's not just work that's wrung out the very best part of us and, and, selling, and we're selling the best that we have to offer after we've been dehydrated to the world. It's not just because we've given everything we can to our families or our spouses or our partners or our friends or, or our community organizations or the things we care about. It's because we've lost the refreshing vision of God given to us through Jesus Christ. Anybody here feel like we live in a land that's been absolutely wrung out of the goodness, the goodness of so much, dehydrated, dried up of the good things? And can you imagine us looking at Jesus just like I looked at that community leader, that Guatemalan community leader, and was like, you're not going to believe it. It's amazing. Are we trying to convince ourselves and God that what we have to offer really is about the best we can give? Is it time for you to have a refreshing vision of what it is God wants to do in and through your life, lives? John, he was a follower of Jesus. He was sent to a, a special place in Greece to do some ministry and stuff. And while he's there, he takes a nap. So if you feel dried up and give out, it's okay to take a nap. God will offer you something refreshing in the middle of that. If you need a nap, take one. Um, I, I highly recommend it. While John is taking a nap on the beach, who needs to go to the beach and take a nap on the beach? While John is on the beach taking a nap, he gets this vision from God. It's given to us in Revelation. We've talked a little bit about it. It's this vision of God's new creation. It's what the work of Jesus Christ, we call it the mighty acts of salvation. It's what Jesus died and he rose again over the powers of sin and death. All of the things that try to destroy this new creation from coming in the world. John gets this vision of this new creation sort of just sweeping all of that up. Sweeping all of that brokenness and evil, that, that stuff that's wringing out the goodness of God and love and joy and purpose and goodness in your life. The things that are wringing that out of us. 
John has this vision of what it is God offers and what, what God's new creation is going to sweep in. And I think it's important for us to realize that sometimes when we get to Revelation, it's at the end of the, of the Bible. So we think, oh, it's just the end of, of what we're talking about. It's the, the last piece of it or whatever. But we're not waiting for this. It's coming. It's literally God's new creation is being ushered in right now as we speak. And so I want to tell you what John sees. John is living in a place where the government has gone crazy. They're corrupt. There are people assassinating one another. There's all these folks like raising up to go after these other people. Like things are going crazy. Financial and economic stability have gone out the window. People have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. Anybody here thrive on certainty? I do right here. I love certainty. There's none of that anymore. And there, the, these folks who follow Jesus, they're like, what would you really even come for? And John gets this vision in a world that's scared to death, about uncertainty who are wrung out and trying their very best to be in ministry day after day after day for this Jesus who said he came to offer his life for goodness. I want you to hear what John sees in his vision. Are you listening? The angel showed me the river of the water of life. Dried, parched, heat wave, oppressed people. This new city. This new creation will have a river, the water of life, crystal clear. As clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The glory of God's goodness will be crystal clear like a river in a dry and parched land. It's going to go right down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. We're not going to have to serve the man anymore. We're not going to have to serve our jobs, our schools our government, we're not going to have to serve any of those things. We get to serve a God who, whose love like literally dripped off his elbows. His goodness and his love is for us and for a world desperate for it. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Why did this vision have to be so good and then get so weird? That's weird. They, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. I think this is, and guys, now... Living in this world, there are a lot of Christians who claim to be Christians who if somebody was walking down the street, they might be like, mm, are you really, do you really follow that Jesus you say? And there's going to be a day where it's really clear, where it is crystal clear that you are a follower of Jesus doing what it is God has asked us to do, to love our neighbors as ourselves where our purpose will be crystal clear and it won't be tainted or broken by a world that wrings out the goodness of God, that dehydrates our mangoes and puts them in Ziploc bags and sells it. There will be a day where it is crystal clear, so clear that you can like see it on someone's forehead. So it's not that weird, okay? There, there will be no more night. It just keeps getting weirder. There will be no more night, no more darkness. Those things that keep you up at night that you just don't want to close your eyes because you don't want to deal with the darkness anymore. No more of that brokenness and evil and darkness. They will not need the light of, of a lamp or the light of the sun 
for the Lord God will give them light. Are you desperate for some light and goodness in your, in your life? God's going to have plenty of it in this new creation. God's already ushering that in, pulling it in right now. And we will reign forever and ever. And these are some of my favorite words, y'all. The angel said to me, John says, these words are trustworthy and true. They're not something a crazy redheaded pastor stands up and tells you about. They are trustworthy and true. This is God's vision, God's desire, God's heart for our world. Our parched and dry and heat-waved world. Did anybody watch the news and see the fields literally like burning in Italy, like drying out? They're not burning, but they're like drying out and dusty in a world that has absolutely and totally been, been just evaporated of, of the goodness and love that we all seek, the purpose and the light and the joy that we all are craving in that world. There's going to be a crystal clear city, a crystal clear river. Write these words down, for they are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants these things that will soon take place. This is all, all of this, if you are dehydrated and burnt out, if you are dried up and you just don't know if you have enough joy or purpose or meaning to keep going anymore, I need to tell you what these six verses are about. They're about the glory of God. The glory of God that is bigger than the, the problems that we face every single day. The thing that's, that's wearing you out and wringing you out. These verses are about a glory of God being more powerful than all this, more powerful than droughts, more powerful than the walls we build to dam up the water so that it can't get to the places it needs, more powerful than all of that. This is about the God whose glory is bigger than that. And it's about a city, a group of people who will believe in and invest in that glory and share it with a world desperate for it. Like it'll literally be dripping off our elbows for a world that needs it. This vision is about you. It's about what God wants to do in your life. And it's about what God wants to do through all of us working together so that we can start to point to the crystal clear waters in our world. So we can start pointing to the people who are holding up and working hard for, for the goodness of God to be known in the world. And there'd be no question about it. This is for people who get to serve the God of love and they don't have to keep deciding what, what we do and how we, how we measure what's right or wrong or halfway in between anymore. This is about a new creation for us and it's about the glory of God. And it's about us giving glory to God. So what does that mean for me? Okay, Erica, I love that. New creation's coming in. God's glory is going to be all over the earth and, and things are going to be simple and clear and my purpose is going to be known and I'm going to be drenched, drenched with joy and love and I'm going to be sharing God's love with all the people around me because Christ's goodness is going to be just absolutely saturating me. How do I get that right now? How do I get that right now? And this is, this is my first thing. This is my first thing I'm going to tell you. Who's looked at a river or water or something powerful lately? Who's looked at it? Who's looked at the ocean or something? Who's looked at the, the big things in life and you got it confused and you thought it was just a little thing? The first thing 
to do is make a big deal out of seemingly little things. Where's their joy? Where's, there's a, where's there a smile? What can you be thankful for when you wake up in the morning? How do you begin to make a big deal out of the seemingly little things and, and, and really invest in that glory and goodness of God, like reigning for the day instead of the little things that we get hung up on? I spilled some milk putting it in my cereal this morning or my coffee wasn't hot enough or... I, some, somebody said something to me that hurt my feelings or, or I got to go to work this morning. What happens if we, we stop letting those little things run our day and we start making a big deal out of the little things that we miss, the blade of gra grass? This morning, this morning, I, I tried this out. I was like, okay, if I'm going to preach this sermon, I have to at least try it out. So I made my whole family say what we were thankful for. What's something little you're thankful for? And Chris like said our family said something super profound and sweet and loving and Will didn't say anything because it's not really, he's like thankful, I don't know what that means, really I'm too mom, I mean he didn't say all that but that's what he was thinking. Um, I, I told him like how much, you know, I love them and you know, I got to run and see the sun come up this morning and with Ritter, our foster dog, and it was beautiful and David, my five-year-old son, who some of you know, he said, mom, I'm thankful for beetle heaven. And I was like, what? <laughs> and we found a beetle that was no longer alive like last week and I told him that don't worry it's going to beetle heaven like I just preached about this God's new creation like God makes everything new and so this morning David literally like was like I'm so thankful for beetle heaven because I know the God who's making everything new and I was like way to make a big deal out of something little David thank you buddy but what is it what is it that reminds you of the bigness and goodness of God that seems little, that we just pass over. If you want to start giving glory to God, if you, if you, start, if you want this clear, crystal clear water running through your life and through our world, let's start making a big deal out of the seemingly little things around us. The second thing that you can do is be clear about whose you are. Did you hear that name on the forehead? It got a little weird there. I know it did. But be clear about whose you are. You do not belong to your job. I love you guys, and I want you to be absolutely invested in Horizon Church, but I want you to know, I want you to know that you are God's child first. Even before you are a part of Horizon, you are, a, you are God's child. You, before you're a wife or a sister or a mother or a daughter or a son or an uncle or father or whatever, before any of those things, be clear about whose you are. You are a child of God and a person of worth. And if you can get crystal clear about that, I know it seems easy, but if you get crystal clear about that, you will start living your life bringing glory to God. And it doesn't have to be about yourself. It doesn't have to be about what others think about you. It doesn't matter because you are a child of God and a person of worth. Be clear about whose you are. Be clear about whose you are. And there will be a crystal clear river of water running through your parched and dried soul that's tried to please everybody else around you. Be crystal clear about whose you are. And the third thing is write it down. Write these words down for they are trustworthy and true. I love y'all. Do y'all know how many times I look at my phone and I pull up whatever is on my phone? I... I called a friend this week and I was like, I took Facebook and Instagram off my phone because my anxiety can't handle it anymore. She said, good, me, I'll do it too. 
But write it down because the things that we are seeing every single day, they are affecting whose we are. They're affecting the things that we think are big in the world that aren't really that big. What is in front of your face most of the time? Write down something in this Bible. Go home and look through and find your favorite verse and write it down. Put it in your dash or your car, on your steering wheel. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your phone case. Put it everywhere you can find it. Write these words down for they are trustworthy and true. You are a child of God and a person of worth. And if you can't see that all the time, if you don't write these words down so that it's constantly what you remember, it's the first thing that you see, we will forget it. And the glory will not belong to the God who's literally ushering in a new creation full of love and goodness dripping off his elbows for a world desperate for it. Write it down. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Start making your life about glorifying God. The God who's ready to offer the goodness of his love and new creation to a world desperate for it. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for a thunderstorm that reminds us of your power and your might. We thank you for the rain that's falling on our dry and hot land. We pray for the countries and the people who are dealing with heat waves and droughts right now. And we pray for the people whose lives are dried up and dehydrated from the things they need. Help us, God, to seek the fruit that it is that you would have for us. And may your goodness and love drip off of our elbows and run into a world that is dried and parched and desperate for your goodness and your love and your glory to flow through it. Thank you. Thank you for calling these people here today for that purpose, to share your love and glory and goodness with a world desperate for it. And I pray, God, over their anxiety and their worries and their fears, that your glory and goodness would just crystal clear wash through them and over them today. We love you. And we thank you for loving us. Amen.